Amen. So Moses has been walking with his people for a long time. 40 years, some say. He's just about done. So he's leaving with his people one last direction. They are just about ready to cross into the promised land, right? And Moses is turning the reins over to new leadership, entrusting his people that have followed him for all this time over to the care of Joshua. This is the last of Moses' great sermons. The Israelites have wandered, they've wondered, they've doubted. Their troubles have been numerous over the last two generations. Like most of us over the span of our lives, they find hope and then their hopes are dashed and then they find hope again and then their hopes are dashed again. And now it is obvious that their leader is about to die. They're probably a very sad group. Right? They had no nation to call their own and they haven't even reached the so-called promised land yet. So before Moses passes the torch on to Joshua, he gives them one last reminder of the covenant that they have entered into with God. A covenant is a holy promise that puts us in relationship, we with God and God with us. We are bound to one another, God and us. And in this last sermon, this last speech, Moses is laying out the terms of the covenant. If you follow God, if you do what God commands you to do, if you walk in the way of the Lord, you'll prosper. Your numbers will increase, and when you enter the promised land, God will bless you beyond measure. But if you don't, life will become increasingly more difficult. You'll suffer, you'll be led away from God, led so far away from God that you'll lose sight of God, and eventually, you'll die. You can almost hear Moses begging them, choose life. We have come this far. Don't quit now. Choose life. It's pretty clear cut, I would think, right? A decision between life or death. Seems pretty obvious which direction to go, huh? And given such a choice, who wouldn't choose life, really? And this seems to be Fairly common sense, right? Well-meaning advice. It's what we tell our kids, right? Go to college, work hard, play by the rules, and you too will have a nice house with a spouse and a dog, two-car garage, white picket fence, 2.5 kids. Do all the stuff you're supposed to do and all your dreams will come true. It's certainly what's told by any number of prosperity preachers, right? Give and you'll be blessed. Follow God, and you'll have riches beyond your imagination. God's promise to you is that if you follow, good things will happen. Of course, all we have to do is look at Job to see that's not true. It's not always the righteous who prosper. It's not true that God answers all of our prayers in the way we would like God to answer them. And if we look at history... It's not always true that following God and keeping God's commands will lead to life. Frankly, sometimes, people who follow God follow God right to death. Jesus followed God's words to the cross. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Oscar Romero, they followed God's commands to a bullet. There are countless other people who we have forgotten, who we have lost their name and we've lost their faces, but they have taken on the cause of God's justice, and they have found not fame and fortune and humanity's blessing, but perhaps death or ostracism, but still God's blessing. Maybe what being blessed to us means is different than what being blessed to God means. Maybe because what it means to choose life is different for God than it is for us. When I read that Moses says to choose life, I hear it as a a personal direction, something that I'm supposed to do for me. But choosing life is more about, not always about, our individual experience. Micah tells us that the way to love God, to follow God's command, God's ordinance, is to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And when he was asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus said to love God with all of your heart and all of your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these are ways of being and acting in a world that points us to people around us, to the community around us. Choosing life is about us, not me. The Hebrew people have a big decision to make. Writer Fairfax Fair notes that in the covenant that they made with God, it's not God's faithfulness that's in question, but it's their obedience that's in question. Will they keep their end of the bargain? They are, after all, prone to wander as we are, right? Notice, however, that in his final words to his people, notice that Moses never says it's going to be easy. He says that they will be blessed. He says their tribe will grow. God will uphold God's end of the bargain to see them into the promised land if they uphold their end of the deal and be faithful. But Moses never promises that being faithful is going to be easy. Moses never promises that things will always go their way and things will always work out. Moses promises that God will be true and that God's people will be blessed. And what God calls us to in our covenant What God asks of us when we decide to choose life is to take the word, love, the love of God into our very being, into our heart, into our soul, and then to live out that word every day. Most of the time, we'll get chances to make the decision to choose life that seems small or insignificant. We'll decide to get up a bit early maybe to pray or meditate before we start our day, Maybe we'll talk, take a walk around the neighborhood and talk to people we don't normally see, pet a few dogs on the head, feed the squirrels, talk to the cats. Perhaps we'll go to lunch with a friend and listen as they pour their heart out to us. And then sometimes we'll get the chance to make decisions to choose life that seem incredibly difficult, almost insurmountably so. Because following God's commandments and ordinances is not easy neither on a personal level nor on a public level. It's not easy to make the decision to choose life and leave an abusive relationship. It's not easy to make the decision to choose life and live authentically in a world that values perfection. 
It's not easy to make the decision to choose life and speak out for those who have been silenced. In a world that values violence today, more so than almost any other day, it's not easy to decide to choose life and stand up for peace. In a world that looks for scapegoats in which to lay blame for every manner of social ills in an effort to escape responsibility for collective selfishness, it is difficult to choose life and declare loudly that everyone is a beloved child of God and that everyone is worthy of the dignity into which they were born. It's not easy to make the decision to choose life when that means swapping out what Reverend Janet Hunt identifies as the comfort of what we know and the terror of what is unknowable. Theologian Frederick Riechner describes our decision to choose life like this. A face comes toward us down the street. Do we raise our eyes or do we keep lowered, passing by in silence? Somebody says something about somebody else and what he says happens to be not only cruel, but also funny. And everybody laughs. Do we laugh too, or do we speak the truth? When a friend has hurt us, do we take pleasure in hating him because hate has its pleasures as well as love? Or do we try to build back some flimsy bridge? He writes, sometimes when we are alone, thoughts come swarming into our heads like bees, some of them destructive, ugly, self-defeating thoughts, some of them creative and glad. Which thoughts do we choose to think then as much as we have the choice? Will we be brave today? Not in some big way, probably, but in some little foolish yet still brave way. Will we be honest today or a liar? Just some little pint-sized honesty, but honesty still. He asks, will we be a friend or cold as ice today? In all of these instances, we are given the choice, the choice to choose life, to choose life for ourselves and for those around us. Moses is urging his people to a future filled with hope and with promise. Moses urges us onto a future filled with hope and with promise. It's a simple decision. It is not an easy decision. As God's people, Standing on the edge of the promised land, what will we choose? Amen.